Well, it's been another wild, weird and unexpected week on planet Earth. So welcome to the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast. It's Tina Constant here. And if you want the waffle, then you know where the show notes are. Uh, otherwise, go and see www.tinaconstant.com where you can pick up all of the chat. But as always, we are jumping right into today's story. And this one is all about nothing. Now, about halfway between now and a long, long time ago, there was a family who lived on a busy farm that fed a busy village that supported an exceedingly busy town. There was always so much to do that the people who lived there never even thought of stopping and pausing, taking a break and noticing the world. The motto of the town was, if it's not on the list, it doesn't count. And that's the motto that everybody lived by, except one young girl called Molly. Now, she was the only daughter of very busy farmers who lived on the edge of this very busy village. And she was the cause of great frustration to her parents. Every time they said, Molly! What are you doing? She'd say, nothing. Which always led her mother to say, if you're going to do nothing, you could at least put a G at the end of the word. It's nothing, not nothing. And Molly would shrug, pick up a book, go for a walk and think. Now, Molly's favorite time to do nothing was early in the morning. When she woke up, she would lie very still and listened to the birds, counting the songs one by one. Then she'd stay lying there until the sun blinked through her curtains and painted rainbows on her walls. Only then would she get up. But it wasn't to run downstairs and get on with her ever-growing list of things to do her parents had created for her. No, she got up so she could put her head out of the window and let the sun warm her face or feel the rain on her skin. Only then, after she had absorbed the morning, would she go downstairs where her parents were frantically busy with this and that and everything. But despite the noise, the barrage of instructions and the updated overflowing list that they had created for her overnight, Molly would step outside and stretch on the grass, feeling every blade prickle into her back like they were all singing good morning. Full of the fresh feel of the earth, she had then pick up a bucket and head to the river that ran around her family's farm, around the village, and right through the middle of town. She had watched the river for a while, then proceed to throw sticks and rocks, logs and stones, mud and gravel into just one part of it. Her parents would watch her, and then look at the huge list of things that ran from the ceiling to the floor, and sure enough, throwing sticks, stones, rocks and twigs into the river was not on the list of things to do. What are you doing, that bellow? And Molly would smile at them and 
pause and think for a minute and then say nothing. Her parents were mortified and so embarrassed by their daughter. When people in the village and the town asked them what she was doing and what she planned to do with her life, they tried to make up stories about how hardworking and dedicated and ambitious she was. But it didn't take long for everyone to agree that really, Molly did nothing. And of course, word of what? people really thought got back to Molly's parents because here's a fact. Busy, busy people are never too busy to comment on someone else's state of busyness. So it was that after taking as much embarrassment as her parents felt they could, there came a day when they decided Molly had to go. They told her it was for her own good. She had to move into town and do something useful. She had to make something of herself. And the only way they knew how to make that happen was to force her to stand on her own two feet. Much to her parents' annoyance, though, Molly simply smiled, packed a small bag, hugged them both and left. But instead of going into town... Molly went in the opposite direction. She followed the river through the valley, into the forest and up into the mountains. She hiked for nine days, stopping along the way to watch the clouds or feel the air on her face and watch the river flow. On the tenth day, she stopped. Not because she was tired or lost, but because she had come to the mouth of the river that flowed around her home. Around the burbling cave there was a clearing. From that clearing Molly was able to see the valley below. She watched the river wind its way around her parents' farm, around the village and through the town. Good, she said. Then she built a shelter, lit a small fire and waited for the storm to break. Because break it would. Molly knew it would. She had been feeling it in the air and the earth for a long time. A storm was coming. A storm was close. A storm that would change everything. And just as she knew it would, that storm came. It was just before dawn. The rain started while people slept. No one heard. No one noticed. The rain didn't stop. It kept on falling. When people woke up, they did notice the rain but were sure it would stop soon enough, so they went on about their business, checking off their lists of things to do one by one, feeling smug and feeling accomplished. And the rain didn't stop. After a while, someone did notice that the river was rising, but they didn't say anything, because, well, they had a meeting to get to, and they didn't want to sound alarmist. It was just a bit of water, right? And still, the rain didn't stop. 
It was only when a frequently used footpath flooded that people began to pause. But still, they didn't actually do anything. They talked about it, they mumbled a bit. After thinking about what they might actually have to do, some people even said, What? There's no water on the footpath at all. And if there was, it's drained away, fully under control. There's nothing to see here. Then the people did what they always did when something looked like it might be inconvenient. They heard what they wanted to hear. Then they used a different path to do what they wanted to do. And drop by drop, the rain kept coming. And then, after half a day of heavy, heavy rain, a pond flooded into the mayor's garden. Well, Molly had to smile. Suddenly, the town was called to action. People were ordered to stop what they were doing and focus on the mayor's yard. Then another pond flooded a park that left a playground a foot deep underwater. And that's when people started to run and scramble and weep and wail and worry. Molly sat in her shelter, the fire glowing warm and low, and watched. Because the rain still fell. She watched as her parents took what they valued most and piled it into the barn. She watched as people boarded up their houses. She watched as people flocked to the river to see what the water was doing, where it was flowing, and when it would break its banks and flood their homes. She watched as people collected at the riverbank at the edge of her parents' farm. The rain didn't stop falling. The river kept rising. Molly watched from where she sat. Then she smiled. It was working. The higher the river got, the faster it flowed, the more debris it carried with it, plugging the final gaps in the dam wall she had been building day after day, week after week. From when she first saw the storm was coming. The people of the town stared as the river changed direction. Instead of flooding the farm, then the village, then the town, it turned south and flowed into another river that eventually met the sea. Nothing! Her parents shouted. She said she was doing nothing, but we let her because we knew she was doing something. It was our plan all along. And everybody agreed. They needed more people like Molly. The town wanted Molly back. The mayor wanted Molly back. Her parents wanted Molly back. But Molly had no intention of going back. If you ask her, she will say it's because there's nothing for her to do there. Instead, she travels the world, watching the leaves change color, feeling the sun on her face, studying the rivers and the ocean as they ebb and flow. And as she travels, she builds damn walls and bridges and aqueducts because she knows change is coming. She also knows there is nothing we can do to stop it. And that's it from the Waffle Free Storytelling Podcast today, folks. 
be prepared for another wild and woolly week on planet Earth. And uh, look after yourselves. If you fancy the waffle, then drop down to the show notes and uh, come along to www.tinaconstant.com where all the chat happens. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. And in the meantime, do something splendid for someone today. So uh, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.